0: it's a trashy movie, no doubt.
1: Yeah, for that kind of movie, it's the best of its class. That's the thing about it.
0: Yeah. I mean it, it's really fun. I mean it's stupid as fuck, but I mean, it's not <laughs> it's not without fun. The whole weird like where do you think that him and her might hook up and she's the Yeah, it's weird, but
1: right. but you know it's the nineties. <laughs> well, that's what the thing that's funny about it. It's like, well, it's the priest that's inhabiting her, right? So so, so why is he, so why is he
0: tempting, why is he tempting him? Well, I don't know, somebody's saying something about Catholic priests.
1: in the garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Wolf. Oh, we got a new month. It's October. Rocktober. And uh, while everybody else is doing their usual franchise slasher movies, all those classics that we all know and are all seriously well read, we thought, you know what, let's just do something different. And we're doing what we're calling the devil made me do it month. Yes. And you already know what we're starting off with. We're starting off with 1999 stigmata. ironically, that that wasn't the choice, first choice, but we had to move things around because this silly ass thing. (laughs) Right. Thank God for for Just Watch, because if Just Watch wasn't there to tell us, hey, this thing's going away on Saturday.
0: Which is the weirdest thing. It's going away on October 1st, and it seems like the perfect movie to be up and streaming in October. Right. I'm (laughs) guessing that it's currently on Prime.
1: Um, By the time you hear it, it, it's already past Prime. Prime, so to speak.
0: Yeah, it'll still be on Pluto, I bet. I bet it'll still be on Pluto and so. Tubi I, if you want to watch with commercials. I
1: think one of the reasons why these kinds of movies go away on September 30th is because the premium for these kinds of movies and their licensing goes way up for October.
0: Oh, I bet. Yeah.
1: And I'm, I'm sure that's probably what it is. And that's why you will probably still see it on maybe even freebie, or, but for sure Pluto, because it's ad supported. So they get their revenue from that and- um, and a little more likely to uh, support that. Li- and that's something too. I think the licensing changes. I don't think it's the same cost to a service like Freebie or Pluto where they have ads. I don't think it's the same charge because it's not a straight through. Right. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Here's one thing that's funny about this one. This is our second Rupert Wainwright right? directed film.
0: I was just going to say we're visiting familiar ground with this director. Yeah. And unlike
1: the previous one, this one's far more enjoyable and not by comparison, but it really yes. is, as, as we said before, we got on Mike, this is the best of its class of the nineties with, as you said, when you read that article and sent it to me, the Hollywood's obsession with devils and angels back in the nineties.
0: Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like, right. Like I feel like this movie. Th- there was a version of this movie coming out once a month, uh, for at least you know, five years. Right? right. I mean, I mean, we could, we could go down a whole list. We can just pin the article to the episode, uh, you know, just pin the article, you know, that right. people can, you know, or maybe we do it just on the last episode, <laughs> you know, other, or, or, or whatever people can figure out, let people guess what they think we're going to do. It's fine. Um, but yeah, man, it, Hollywood was obsessed with angels and devils, man. It's so crazy. Um, and and this is a good one, man. I mean, it's funny Damn. because I enjoyed this movie probably more than I did when I saw it in 99, I'm going to guess. I mean, I always uh, liked it. I, I, I thought it was okay when I saw it. I, I enjoyed it more like watching it this time, um, probably just because of the, the nature of what we're, what we're used to seeing now as opposed to what we were used to seeing then, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's a very...
1: Like I said, it it may be 99, but it's very 90s, like very steep. Like we talked about recently, like once you get into a new decade, based on when things are are in production and pre-production, you can still kind of say it's still a a flavor from the previous decade. This one is, this feels like 96. So 97 around there where they're still kind of vibing on that. So you're not really feeling the influence on, on that Fight Club and... Uh, Matrix will bring the same year. This came out September 10th of 1999, so obviously it wasn't directly affected by either one of those movies because they're both in production and post at the same at the same time. But okay, we've been talking about looks, and then we kind of started off already saying how much it looks like a certain thing. I really feel like we we've overlooked the DPs the last few episodes, and I want yeah. to make sure we cover them because this one, this guy is somebody who whose work we've. Relish quite a bit. I don't. Don't think we've even talked about it to him before. I don't think we covered any of his movies.
0: No, we haven't gotten to it yet. But everybody's going to be super familiar with uh, Jeffrey yeah. Kimball.
1: <laughs> yes, and, and for a lot of reasons, um, he he worked a lot with Tony Scott, Top Gun, Beverly Hills Cop, and Revenge, and then he did Adrian Lyne's Jacob's Ladder, the senior. So in a lot of ways, Jacob's Ladder looks very familiar. Yeah. Uh, very much alike what we're seeing in this. Very similar. Funny enough, fast forward a little bit after that, and he did True Romance with Tony yes. Scott. So they got reunited, Patricia Arquette and De- uh, Jeffrey Campbell. So that pretty, it's pretty cool how that all kind of worked out. And his work, again, across the board, lots of work with John Woo. When John came to the United States to do his first U.S. productions, and he did MI2, Windhawkers, and Star Trek Nemesis uh, with Drew Baird.
0: Look at all that all those movies. How Oh dude I mean, dude, he's done some serious stuff. Some movies we talk about a lot that we haven't covered: The Specialist with Stallone, yeah. which we talk about a lot. We talk about right, right. We we talk about that. Um, I mean, the thing about the thing that he oh, and Wild Things, right? Which is a right. kind of a weird guilty pleasure movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, oh me. my gosh! And
0: how we don't have
1: we haven't covered Wild Things? Everybody saw it, right? Wild Things for the same reasons. Yes, but it's a it's a twist upon a twist upon a twist, and it's a silly ass ending. And you're just kind of like laughing because every time we turn around it's like one more mask is being pulled off yes. yeah that's a fun that's a fun one to, boy again truest of guilty pleasures is yeah. wild things for sure
0: what i what i had said to you off mike or i think i texted it to you yeah. jeffrey kimball knows how to light patricia arquette to give her yeah. her most beautiful version of patricia arquette especially like in a character both these characters dude it looks like alabama like right. after she left Clarence's, you know, after her and Clarence walked off on the beach, Clarence got killed somewhere and she ended up back in wherever Chicago <laughs> or Pittsburgh <laughs> cutting hair. And that's where we pick up this story. Cause I mean, she, but she looks beautiful. She's radiant. Yep. And this movie do this movie it has a lot of grit to it? I mean, it really—it's down. The characters aren't. It's not a glamorous movie, but the you know it. it de- this movie definitely has a look between Kimball's work and Vladimir Kazlinski, the production designer. Right. Um, this, like you, you texted me, it has a vibe to it. This movie is a vibe all of its own yeah. and, and it's real fun right. and beautiful to look at it. And it looks like it looks like a mixed bag. It's like a, a, mixed bag of like all of our favorite movies from the nineties. <laughs> when you start watching it, you, 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 right away, you're,
1: you're reminded of other movies. Like we've talked about, like when I was texting you about different things and I've already mentioned a few of them, but what makes it all so I hate to use the word nostalgia and I know it I, our show really revolves around a lot of that kind of thing and and, and we don't usually use the use the word but we cover movies that we don't necessarily are fond of we're just hey you know we haven't watched that in a long time let's watch that and sometimes we remember like fuck did we ever even watch this movie I don't think I've ever seen this movie before right. like, that's what me anyway I find I've discovered that I've never thinking this movie I must have seen but I hadn't this one I most definitely remember. I remember the trailer more vividly than I remember the movie. That's the thing right. about it is you're seeing so many key things, and what's unfortunate about the trailer is it did what it's supposed to do. It made you want to see the movie. All those you, all those trailer shots, if you will, are very spread out through the movie, and that's fine because that's kind of what a trailer does. It gathers the you know the moments that don't ruin the movie and put them in there, and make you want to go see it but like you noted Patricia looks a certain way in this where even where I said like when 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 uh she's coming on to Gabriel Byrne and I'm like going damn Alabama you don't have you have you, you got no right? scruples she's <laughs> <Yeah, it's laughs> Alabama. but I even said I said it out loud I'm like she's She's done so much. She did how many years of Medium on for five, five or six years, right?
0: Oh, God, I think so, Medium was on, yeah, something like that. At least six seasons, yeah. it seems like. But even though even though you had an, you know, 45,
1: 50 minutes worth of that every week for five or six years, she's still Alabama. And I think because Patricia plays almost all her characters the same way. And, and it's more like how Keanu is, the characters that Keanu Reeves plays are more like, Him just playing that role, as opposed to I I don't, I don't, and it's not mean. I'm not meaning to be a knock.
0: It's endearing. Well, there's something you love. You like that. You like that character, and you like that, right? persona so it's funny man this movie came out six years before medium even started this is what's weird right that's like, wild you, th- yeah. you would think that we had Patricia but Patricia Arquette was still making films there I mean and, I, and I've and yeah. i seen quite a few of them because I like Patricia Arquette things like goodbye yeah. lover uh, but I think what you've just stumbled onto is she sort of notched us right like in true romance because I don't know that I really knew I knew she was Rosanna's little sister right before, but right. after True Romance, she was Trish Arquette, Alabama Warley <laughs> from True right. Romance. You know, right. and uh, and she's and she's really likable in this, and 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 you need somebody to like that to make Frankie Page a likable character because there are points where I'd be like, fucking, I'm writing you off. See you later, Frankie. <laughs> you right? psycho. <laughs>
1: right. For a lot of people, though, her playing Kristen Parker in the third Nightmare on Elm Street movie was their entry point because that was her first feature. Right. And and to think that this is only six years, like True Romance only six years after that. Um, you don't, I mean, she's got a lesser part in Indian Runner in 91, but she really was in a lot of stuff. And it wasn't just studio fair. It wasn't just indies. I mean, the Arquette family is pretty well ingrained in smaller movies and they always have been. And I think that goes... As to why, when you see somebody from that family performing, you instantly gravitate to them because they feel like your next-door neighbor. They feel like somebody you know by the way they perform. I mean, we all—you and I both fell in love with Roseanne from desperately seeking Susan. So it's like it, it wasn't a hard stretch for us to have an affection for Patricia when she came on the scene. It was—it it was an easy transition for us, right? And th- th- there's a certain comfort or, or uh, comfort, with this familiarity that you get when one of those two are performing and, and to a lesser extent, David also, and then their pop as well. It's like, um, uh, it's, it's interesting. And I, and I don't want to forget Alexis too, RIP, but, yep, and you have all this utter empathy and sympathy for Patricia's character in this. And it's funny, like, could you come up with a more nineties character name other than Frankie Page? Sure. Right. It sounds.
0: Yeah, me. <laughs> I mean, it does. It's funny, you know. If, if you if you look at her career, right, dude, just in the in the very short time after True Romance, okay. I'm just going to run these down real quick. She did True Romance, Betrayed by Love, Holy Matrimony, Ed Wood, Beyond Rangoon was the big sort of like mm-hmm. Let's Get Her an Awards type movie. But then she was in Floating right. Disaster, yeah, which I love. Infinity, Lost Highway, Night mm-hmm. Watch, Goodbye Lover, The High Low Country, and then Stigmata. Right, and then the yep. next year, bringing out the dead. I mean, that 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 is a pretty impressive run. And the thing about her bringing out the dead could be, if you wanted to watch three movies with Alabama Worley, <laughs> you should yep. watch True Romance, Stigmata, and Bringing Out the Dead as your triple feature. <laughs>
1: yeah. While we were in Hawaii, that was Bringing Out the Dead was on. I don't know if I told you this, but it was on while we were in on, on Oahu. So towards the end of our trip. We were like 10 minutes in the movie. He goes, Joe, Joe's like, what is this? And I go, Oh, dude. It was on Showtime one of the free channels that we were getting. And he was just his eyes were bulging out of his head because for him, the only Nick Cage he'd really seen was just a handful of things. The right. National Treasure movies, Sorcerer, I don't think he saw Sorcerer's Apprentice. I don't think, what else should you have seen? Oh. He started watching the only other thing he started watching when we did a, Disencaged, the one with him and Hayden Christensen, we had to stop watching it because it was good, the movie about the Crusades. So we had to stop watching it. So for him watching this, probably one of the most extreme movies that he's done, aside from like 8 millimeter and, and nutty shit like that. I mean, obviously he's way far off. I'm going to introduce him to Mandy when he's in his mid-20s, but he was so taken aback because he, he said, who is that? I go, that's actually... That's actually his wife at that time, right? And he go, and he goes, "What?" I go, "Yeah, Nick Cage and and Patricia were uh, they were married for almost six years, and they have uh, one or two kids together." And he was thought that was pretty trippy, but he didn't. He had never seen her anything before, right? And because we were supposed to go to that midnight screening of True Romance at New Bev last year, so we weren't able to go to see the movie. So he was super impressed by her and I go oh good because that's yeah, I got a movie for you now that you got introduced right. to okay but she is I mean she's the
0: draw of the movie but but at the same time Gabriel Byrne man dude I yes Gabriel Byrne here's the thing What I you know what I always forget about Gabriel Byrne is Gabriel Byrne is yeah. one of those actors who try to find a bad performance from him even in oh. movies that I don't like like the usual suspects okay Gabriel Byrne right. is never the problem right To me, he's like a, uh, I don't know. Somebody described him to me once as the poor man's Pacino. And I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. Because
1: there's one thing that could be said. You and I were just talking about it when you were talking about Scarface and Carlito's way. Pacino's had an uneven performance career. Yeah. And once he got the scent of a woman, it's been that guy since. And Gabriel Byrne delivers every time. And you said he's not the problem of... Usual suspects. I would almost say that casting directors put him in there because they think he's the solution.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, you know that you're going to get a grounded performance around him. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, he's, yeah. he's going to do the work he's going to care. I mean, he does the majority their, their work together in this film, the two of them, their scenes together are great. Oh, and yeah. his, his scenes really with everybody. I mean, he just has this like cool, like charm to him and this right. low key intensity that, you know, he doesn't have to dial up, and he doesn't have to scream, and he doesn't have to, you know, he right. doesn't have to go all, you got a great ass, <laughs> to, like, get anybody, to, you know, to respond to what he's doing. I just think right. he's uh, he's somebody that, you know, I don't know, I mean, I don't want to say people take him for granted, but, I mean, he's always solid, and he's great in this. Yeah, I can't think of this movie working with anybody else playing uh, Father Kiernan. I mean, it can, I mean, the movie works because of the two of them. Because right. the rest of the cast is so a lot of them are so nineties, like, you know, people in the cast, like Nia Long. I feel like this is a point where Nia Long it was this was right after this is between Friday and uh, I don't know, but sometime between nineteen ninety five and two thousand, you got a lot of Nia Long in movies. Yeah. When I see Nia Long, I'm like, I, I can kind of date the movie, the best man and all those kind of things. But, um, Patrick Muldoon <laughs> shows up briefly. <laughs> and it, for briefly. And it's funny
1: briefly. when you look at the Wikipedia, he's like one of the 12 people listed on my like going. Yeah. He's like,
0: he's literally there and gone. He's like, <laughs> like one scene. Right. I mean, I, 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 I was like, where am I? The, I and I think, I think he's comes and goes so quickly you don't even realize he's in the movie. And he, when you look right. at it, you're like, where in the hell is Patty?" And then you have to kind of think about it. But, I mean, dude, Jonathan Price, who you know, kind of does this, he plays Cardinal Houseman. But he kind of turns these, you know, he this is kind of a, I don't want to say, if there, anybody has a stock performance, it's Price mm, in this movie. He's cardboard, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's just doing what he does. Like, you know, he's just doing his thing that he does. We've seen him do it a hundred times. But, you know, some of the other, I mean, the other, like Dick Latessa, plays Father Delmonico, the linguist. Yep. Fucking great. Yep. I, I, you yep. know, if I didn't know better, I'd think he was just a real linguist <laughs> from right. the Vatican. They're like, hey, our tech advisor is pretty awesome. And look how cool, look, how he, look at him. Just look at him. Right. Yeah. Right. Like everybody kind of blends into the landscape in, in, in those roles. Right, and we already mentioned the
1: family, Arquette. Um, There's also another alum from a family that is well-versed in in front of the camera. And Ann Cusack is in there playing the doctor that is first treating Frankie when she gets brought into the emergency room. And it's so funny because she's like wearing one of those emergency room shields, right, for prevent like splatter and all that kind of crap and keep germs at bay. But they got this camera shot over her shoulder and you might as well be Joan the way she's talking because they all have a very distinct way that they speak, especially Joan and Anne since they they, they look so much alike. But when you got that, when you're not looking at them straight ahead, yep, they sound and look like it's the same person. It's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, totally. Portia de Rossi is another person who shows up in this movie, weirdly. Right, <laughs> right and, and like right away, I'm like, is that Portia de Rossi? Movie? That's what yeah. I said. I was like, oh. Yeah. I, I didn't remember she was even in this movie. Like, it didn't register on me, because I don't think I maybe I didn't know who she was really when I saw this, you know. Yeah. But they're all good. The, the girls who work with Patricia, I, I feel like all that stuff is really believable. The story is crazy, dude, and like yeah. what I, I do like about the story It goes a little further. I mean, it goes a little overboard almost, like with the explanation. I mean, but they don't over-explain it, which I think is good. Which they leave some stuff to you. But you were saying, you know, there's like giant pieces of this that are cut out (laughs) that would help unjumble it a little bit,
1: right? Quite a bit of, and quite a bit of stuff too. But we weren't. That was an unfamiliar territory in the late '90s where where things were getting cut because of, uh, and reshot because of, for a variety of reasons, because some fuck nut in Chasper didn't like something or didn't understand something. The stuff that was cut from this and is available on the DVD. I don't know if it's on the screen factory Blu-ray or not, but it's on the DVD, there were a ton of things that totally not just changed the ending of the movie, but changed the, the, the point of the movie. And the fact that they were shot that way, and then it didn't test well, tells me that was the original script, and that was his, its intent. It wasn't, "Hey, let's shoot this just in case." It was that you had to go back and reshoot the 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 ending of the movie. When you change the ending of the movie that much, and I'm I don't know, I'm I'm choosing to refrain to, to to say what that ending is in the actual release and the DVD release, but it it doesn't end depending on how you look at it. Uh, They changed the ending to be happily ever after. If you look at the original ending, maybe that was the happily ever after. It's like, it's, it's one of those studio afflictions. (laughs) We get a lot, especially in the nineties. And you, you were made a comment about that, that it's just, you can feel the fingerprints of a a, a story telling uh, illiterate, if you will. Yes, where you just you're taking things out to just totally not just change the. They're thinking about the longevity because the the theatrical ending lends to itself. All right, do we? Is there a path to another movie if this is successful?
0: That's exactly right.
1: And it's lame. It's a lame ending, honestly.
0: Yes. What did I tell you when I texted you uh, in Whitney? I said, uh, "Yeah, it's big, it's fun, and stupid."
1: (laughs) In capital letters, you said in in, in all
0: caps, stupid. Yeah. But that's okay. I mean, I'm a sucker for um, horror mixed with religion anyway. And I right. feel like it goes right. back to The Exorcist, which, as we all know, scares the shit out of me. Um, right. This movie doesn't scare me No, the way that that does. There are some interesting things in it that I find, like the whole, like, uh, like when Frankie's speaking, you know, at first we think she's speaking Latin or Italian or whatever. Right. And then the linguist tells us it's Arabic. So yeah. you know, that's that's that to me, that's a kind of a crossover thing that comes directly from The Exorcist and Right. But the way I mean I really was wondering if the movie itself you know, like, did the, the Catholic Church put the try to put the kibosh on this? Cause it's pretty anti church.
1: <laughs> Dude, it's like
0: Cardinal Price.
1: Sorry, Cardinal Price is what I mean.
0: Cardinal, <laughs> Cardinal Houseman. Right
1: you know, like when we do that thing we used to do yes. early on in the show, we were combining real life names with their character names. You mean like Frankie anyway, Arquette? Yeah, Frankie Arquette. <laughs> Jonathan Price is Jonathan Price's uh, Cardinal Hausman is such a dick yeah like he's he's been suppressing stuff for years who, who we get Al, uh, Father Almeida which is who, who's the priest that we find dead in the beginning of the movie and whose Rosary ends up in Patricia Arquette's possession as well as Marion Pet- Petricelli who we see later on now we we're talking about Cass and we forgot to mention him. Right when he finally shows up in the end. Now I've always struggled with saying his last name, <laughs> but I think it's Sabatija. Is that right? I think so. Sabatija.
0: Sabat. Yeah. yeah Sabatija. He's
1: great, and well, here's what's funny: he is the he's the biologist in yeah. Mission Impossible too. Yep. So you, he's getting reconnected with with uh, Kimble. Kimble. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah. But his character at the end, because his character, Petrucelli is was ostracized just like Father Almeida was by Hausman. In a lot of ways, you can sit there and say, if you wanted to look at the subtext, right? This is talking about Catholic suppression of yes. sexual misconduct. Correct. There's a lot of right. that so going on. There's that, a lot that, of that. It's, And I think that's why it was important that they had a female character in there to be the one that's dealing Frankie. with all this. Frankie, uh, yeah, when you got a name that's a little ambiguous to uh, their gender, it says a little bit to what they're what they're trying to say. But th- that ending, though, the original ending sells what we're talking about even more. And there's lots of other little things that are cut from the movie. And it's like when you're having two religious figures part of the vatican that, that are f- directly from the Vatican being shut down, not if you grew up in that time or at least aware of the the misconduct going on in the Catholic Church across the world it doesn't seem very um stuff it's, it's not a hard dig to figure out that's what they're talking about well
0: dude even the tagline on the poster the message must be silenced <laughs> i mean it's like <laughs> holy shit does this movie still works for me in this movie anyway are the are the effects like dude like yeah. when she like the stig- when when she first You know, when she, you know, the whole bathtub scene and and when she shows up, the wounds, the stigmata wounds, the sequence on the subway train. Right. All that stuff really looks good. And I mean, them slicing into her, the visual effects of them slicing into her, you know, like just being marked and everything. All that stuff looks pretty good. Like, especially for a movie that's 24 years old. Right. And, you know, effects that are probably a, a mix of... I mean, I want to say a lot of it's practical, but there is some, you know, there's some camera trickery going on there and some, you know, there's probably some early green screens. I didn't look at it too hard. Yeah. I
1: really think that most of it is done very much in the way that Dick Smith did it with freaking yeah. on the exorcist. Mm-hmm. If it just, and then you have little homages to the exorcist and this, but once you get to the third act. That color palette that I mentioned earlier, yeah, drastically shifts, and there's yep. it is 100% it becomes seven, <laughs> yeah, it's it's seven, and but you get the but when you're in the bedroom scene, oh yeah, it's all Exorcist man, it's all Exorcist, it's yeah, it is super good.
0: There's a, there's a scene, uh, it's it's where um, it's where Karen comes to her loft. Right. And uh, they're having their showdown, done and, uh, and we're first finding out about the possession, right? There's a moment that she's lit and the, the camera, she looks exactly like Reagan from The Exorcist Grown Up. Yep. Right? I mean, yep. <laughs> I mm-hmm. was like, holy fuck. Again, you know, for these kind of movies, The Exorcist is the holy grail, obviously. Right. And, and they all tend to... Pay homage because I feel like nobody tries to directly like be like, oh, we're gonna be better because they know, man, the bar is so fucking high. It's like good luck getting there. But the the movies that do it, they really, they pick and choose their moments, and and there are a couple in here, and they do them really well. Her loft is crazy. Okay, this goes. Okay, this is this
1: also falls in that weird movie movie making category. Am I going
0: in what world? Yeah. Where, where is this loft, and how does a where chick who loft? cuts hair afford that? <laughs> Exactly. Is kind of what I was going with, but good. And, Lord, and we're not it's talking like, about, we're, yeah, we're not talking about Beverly Hills or, no, or whatever the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh equivalent of that is. <laughs> it's Pittsburgh, but still, uh, dude, what is that like? You know, forty five hundred square foot like loft in the top of some Gothic building. <laughs> I don't care how bad her plumbing is; she's not getting that kind of a break, <laughs> dude. She not, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> It's like she, it's like where, it's like where Monica and uh, Phoebe and uh, what's her yeah, name? Yeah, but, but here's
1: the thing. They explain that from the first sure. episode.
0: Yes, they we have say no explanation.
1: Because it's, it, it's grandma's rent, rent control and pretend like she still lives there. That's the whole
0: bit, right? Right. Yeah, That's why it, it's funny. But yeah, there was no, uh, well, I you mean, know, maybe if you're inhabited by a demon, people just don't ask for money.
1: And look at that. So we made a, we made a loop through there because that will, for a short amount of time, Courtney Cox wasn't our cat. Yeah. So there you go. See look, there look what we did.
0: Boom. <laughs> but this what this movie does, it, it's totally entertaining, dude. It's it's mindless. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like if you don't think too hard about it, it, it it's it's quite a it's it's quite a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah. You know, I watched it twice, weirdly enough. Like I watched it, I think I watched it on Sunday after we were recording. I texted you, dude, you know, because <laughs> I was like, I really want to talk about this fucking movie. <laughs> and then I watched it again yesterday. Right. Because it is fun. You know, it's something I have not seen 50 times, like, you know, the the normal, you know, the usual suspects, if you will. See how I did that? Right. <laughs> But yeah, Stigmata is one of those movies. Like like I said earlier, dude, we did a whole month of movies that aren't as fun or as good, or as entertaining as Stigmata. <laughs> when we did our Dark Castle month, yeah, I mean, th- all those movies have
1: some great moments in it, the really fun moments. But like we've talked about before, are a handful of great moments. Does that make a movie? I'm right. like, well, it makes a movie, but does it make a movie good? Yeah. Out of all those movies we cover back then, would I, you know, what what would I watch again? Well, I would watch House of Wax again. I still think the opening of Ghost Ship is, is like top only. 15. Yeah, <laughs> top 15. <laughs> Everything after like, that's
0: no bueno. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. But this, this I'm kind of bummed. I waited so long to see it. Yes, it's steeped in nostalgia because it's very 90s, very 90s, even though it's at the it's three months away from being 2000. And that's something else too, where Yeah. it was nice to see. A non a 1999 movie that wasn't about oh shit here comes here comes Y2K totally I mean that was we were getting a bullet I think that's I think that's why the Matrix Fight Club and this movie this kind of movie stood out in that time and 99 has some wonderful fucking movies not just those two I mentioned and, and this. This one's forgotten because, yeah, it really is one of those movies that, I mean, dude, here's what's nuts. That Scream Factory disc I mentioned, the Blu-ray, came out in uh, what uh eight years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. I remember when it came out.
1: 2015. That was the first time it ever been on Blu-ray, even though Blu-ray had been around for
0: seven or eight years
1: at that point. Yeah. That's weird to me.
0: Yeah, what is the stigmata with stigmata? <laughs> what is that? You know, it's funny, if you look at the Metascore, which I... To me, it doesn't mean shit anyway. But dude, no. twenty eight—that seems so fucking like dude. To be a twenty eight, you have to just—I mean, I don't know, man. I uh, don't forget too. Like when you watch it, I look at the
1: IMDb, IMDb ratings. They put like *Reeves of the Lost Ark* as one of the worst movies people, some people have ever seen. I'm like, what are you talking about? I know. Like, I don't—I don't understand if you didn't grow up with it, you don't, and, and you don't dig it, or whatever your reason. I'm like, I kept thinking, did you look at? Did you watch *Crystal Skull* by accident? I, yeah. I don't know. But the reason why I think it's funny you brought that up is because in the midst of poking around and, and looking at what um, trivia on this, on top of all those deleted scenes and that totally changed the, the movie. And then by the way, I mean, let me clarify, the movie still works. I just think the ending, original ending, far served the story better than yeah. uh, of the movie we just watched as opposed 100%. to what they put out in the theater. Yeah. This one. Okay. <laughs> Gabriel Byrne was not. This is you know I feel about fucking Razzies. We both of us feel about it. Yes. Gabriel Byrne was nominated for Razzi Razzie for worst supporting actor for this movie.
0: What? Really? See, I don't even understand that, man. See, that's that's why the Razzies are bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. But yeah, man, this this movie is is quite a bit of fun. And uh, yeah. Funny you say that. I, I'm gonna maybe be tempted. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look for that Shout Factory uh, Blu-ray at some point see if I can buy it used. I'm sure it's on eBay. I feel like this is a movie that, like... Dude, I'm shocked that I couldn't just walk into, like, a um, thrift store and find any of the movies we're covering this month for a dollar. Right. Seen all of them all the time, like, multiple copies. But the moment I'm looking for one to watch for this, they're unavailable. They're nowhere to be found. Sounds about right. How does that happen? Because, I mean, tell me how many times you've gone into, like, a used bookstore or do you ever go to open book over here in Valencia
1: I haven't been the well because we used to have there used to be an open book over at the mall that I went to a couple of times right
0: it's 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 over here now on Soledad I'm going to tell you I swear to god three of the four titles I've seen the DVDs just sitting there for a dollar for, for like years like the whole time they've been there of course. Now, not to be seen. None of them. I was like, yeah, how does that happen? It's so weird. Right. Here's the thing that sucks. I think the stigmata from Scream
1: Factory is out of print.
0: Yeah, it, it, it definitely is because I looked I, I looked on Amazon just to see if, uh, you know, I was like, oh, God, what, what, what would be on a special feature? Because I was really like curious what would be on a Blu-ray or what, or what are the special features even on the DVD. I think they're both out of print. I feel like the, even the DVD was like, you can only buy it used on Amazon. It's weird. It's one of those movies, you know, maybe the people who own it don't ever give it up. I don't know. Yeah. Because it won't stream in October. So there you go. People don't want to give up their hard copies. <laughs> they make more money that way, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, but this movie's pretty solid, dude. I mean, and, and Wainwright, uh, his direction, I mean, again, look, like we talked about, they're, they're using a bunch of elements from other movies, you know, of the time period. I have to say this movie also, even though it predates Constantine, Constantine seems to have borrowed a little bit from this movie, maybe, just, you know, vibe-wise. I mean, again, it's we, we get our angels, devils, so it does fall into that category that I had sent you. But, um, there's, I feel like there's a couple moments in this movie that I could swear to God are in Constantine. If I go and watch Constantine, i will be like, Oh yeah. And a lot of it maybe has to do with some of the LA locations. Cause I would bet I, I, if I, if we did a little research, I could dispel this, but you, you had mentioned that it kind of resembles seven in the color palette and everything. I feel like the rue uh, the the interior of the Vatican with the stairs and everything, I feel like that's the same location <laughs> that they shot the library in in
1: seven. And there was an extra homage to seven in that same location is when the linguist is kind of like looking at all the photos that he just sent yeah. him and he looks over his shoulder and he's being over he's being watched just like the guard was the yep. library when Absolutely when uh
0: Freeman when is hit and, yep.
1: and Freeman there are are doing something that they shouldn't be doing, ironically.
0: Yeah. yeah I mean, look, you know, if you're going to steal, steal from the best.
1: I found uh, a listing on eBay for the, for the $95 for the out-of-print Blu-ray. Wow. Okay.
0: See, this movie does I, have... A, I feel like this movie has, like, a following. Like, there are people out there who yeah. dig the shit out of this movie. And probably every movie we're going to talk about this month, I feel like maybe there is a weird, you know, I feel like we're doing like a, we're doing a deep dive cult kind of thing, yeah. you know, cult yeah. following. Cause all these movies are quite, uh, quite entertaining, <laughs> but yeah. they're not for everybody.
1: <laughs> but here's, what's funny is like, so I'm, you were wondering about the extras. This, this listing has a picture of the extras. So you got Wainwright doing a commentary mm-hmm. for the entire movie. There's a 45 minute, documentary on uh really? stigmata there's uh divine rights which is the story of stigmata to another 26 minutes there's a natalie Brulia video the deleted scenes which we've already talked about not in detail but the deleted scenes are there the alt ending and the trailer wow I mean, you got good an stuff, hour dude. plus worth of extra stuff there that's, that is just BTS. Again, that was what we talked about back in the day. They were still doing that. Right. Because this is still, I mean, even though this came out in 2015, you have to expect that this is all MGM DVD transfers oh, yes. over, and then there's nothing sure. new. But... Um, still, it exists. The, there is a copy of it on on Blu-ray for $45 on Amazon. So you're cutting that in half. If you want to pay $45, is it something I want to, want, I don't know. I'm just, it's that weird thing again, though, we've talked before about MGM titles um, for the longest time were being distributed by Fox. This particular thing we're talking about is is a screen factory thing. I gotta think that there it's out of print. I'm gonna guess they probably was maybe a five year window, right? Sure. So, Something like that. So that ended in, in 2020. But MGM, we were talking about it before. Like we, it's kind of nebulous now. I don't know who is distributing MGM stuff with Disney picking up Fox. I don't know who's doing it now, but. Any case, hopefully we'll see this come back around because I would definitely like to add to my shelf. If I got lucky and I walked into a Goodwill and they yep. have one sit on the shelf, I wouldn't hesitate. So um, even I would even hesitate buying a DVD because I'd even I I, I want to watch the
0: extras. That's what I was just gonna say, dude. I would buy a used copy of this DVD a hundred percent if I could find one. Like I said, I've been looking. I went to Atomic Records um, when I left Warner Brothers um, because they're they're a place I can go to, and, and there's a dude, they have so many just D random DVDs on the wall there. Right. I could not. I was shocked. I was sure I was going to find this or any of the other movies. And dude, not as fucking one of them. I went through I went through the entire wall. You know, there are there a bunch of cardboard boxes and shit that, that haven't been gone through yet. But I was like, oh, I can't go through these. I don't have that kind of time. No. And there's not that kind of space in there. But I was shocked that this wasn't like just readily like, oh, hey, there's a copy right there in the S's. You know, I haven't been to Amoeba in ages, but it sounds like to me, if you're going to Amoeba to look for this, it's going to be overpriced. But yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it, dude, I'm just looking at a used DVD. Wow. Even a use of new DVD of this thing is 20 bucks. I mean, that one, there's... The used ones start at $15. That's not terrible. No. Right? Uh, But like, hold on. What is it? That's That's the 99. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. That's with the deleted scenes. And that's new.
1: I'll just go ahead and say this at the Santa Cruz library, the stigma DVD is available from checkout. There you go. They actually have one copy.
0: I looked for it at the library near my house, which it wasn't of it. They didn't have any or if they, I never looked online. I just physically looked when I went there and donated some stuff yesterday. Yeah. But yeah. Interesting, man. Yeah. I would love to sort of revisit this stuff and see these extras and, you know, sort of listen to the filmmakers talk about it. Cause I don't know, man, weirdly I'm fascinated with this movie for some reason. I don't know why, because I had never really given it much thought when we, when uh, stir of echoes was running on Pluto, this literally came on like right after it, like, you know, I don't know about two months ago. And that's when I was like, that's when I was like, Oh, Hey man, maybe we should look into these. That's, that's kind of what kicked off my interest in this (laughs) right? was, you know, just sort of, what would be cool to revisit what would be a cool october month what what would be something that dude i've never heard anybody really give this movie like the time of day honestly right which is so weird to me i will say this
1: those two featurettes that i mentioned the total over an hour those are on the shout release only
0: yeah okay that seems that seems very shout factory-ish yeah i'm looking at the back of the
1: dvd right now all it has is the alt ending which is what we mentioned earlier Wayne Wright's commentary, the deleted scenes, the Imbruglia video, and the trailer. So those two things we talked about are very much a shot release only, which is probably why the DVD is still floundering around used DVD prices and the used Blu-ray is exponentially more expensive. Wow.
0: Yeah. You can pick up the uh, Region A, B, and C import from Spain for $29 uh, at, at Amazon. I'm There's looking to see owned.
1: Wow. Remember we talked about recently how Goodwill, they have people working at Goodwill yeah, that know better totally. and know what they actually have. Yep. The this stigmata Blu-ray listing on eBay is being sold by a South, a South Florida Goodwill. Sure. For $35. Well, you
0: know, again, they know what they, they know
1: what they got, dude. Yeah. You know. it's,
0: it's not like the old days when you could just pick up a, you know, something for like a, you know, two bucks and then, you know, another not dollar 95 shipping that, you know, they've yeah. gotten wise too, which is, which I guess is cool. Um, because you know, the money, if the money really goes where they say it does, that's awesome. You know, and uh, it's well, not, just, I, not, not Goodwill. No, it's I know. I, I, was just, I was trying not to shit talk Goodwill. I don't even donate all i shit talk
1: Goodwill all I want. I guess yeah. they're for a profit. Don't let anybody take different. Yeah, me. dude, I don't,
0: I don't draw, I don't <laughs> donate to fucking Goodwill at all. No. Those Fuckers.
1: Anyway, so this is a good start, and and I'm glad that we had to move it up like this. Uh, I I hope come Sunday, to first—oh, sorry, uh, because the recording is a little bit ahead, obviously. We've already said that. Um, That it's more readily available
0: than where it's at right now. Yeah. Uh, Or at least least just as available. (laughs) Right. I mean, Pluto and Tubi are fine, but, I mean, this is a movie I feel like it's better without commercials. Like, what do we—we said there was—this is like Stir of Echoes. You kind of don't want commercials breaking this up if you can help it. But if you can only watch it there and you want to watch it, it, it it's okay. It's, it's, you're still going to dig it. It's just I feel like it's a movie because of the intensity and in, in the, in the storytelling and, and what's actually going on. It's best to watch uninterrupted. Right. So maybe, who knows, man, maybe it'll, be, maybe it'll go to Max or it'll go to, I, I, I couldn't believe it wasn't on like Peacock or MGM Plus or somewhere, somewhere crazy like that.
1: Yeah, and maybe and maybe that's what we'll see it slide over. Maybe it slides over to MGM Plus come month, come the first. Yeah, but still, I mean, it's obviously, obviously a little bit more difficult to get a hold of. But yeah, all you do is when it gets to that point, it gets if it, if MGM Plus has it. If you haven't ever used the create a new email account and get yourself a a seven day trial. Yep.
0: Just do <laughs> Why that?
1: not? Right. And uh, we got three more of these this month, and I'm looking forward to digging into all of them. Two of which yep. I have never seen before, so I'm I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I pro, there's probably one I haven't seen, I'm going to guess. Uh, if I did see it, I don't remember it. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it's going to be awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's an understatement.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I feel like if it's, if it's half as good as Stigmata, it's a win. I agree. All right, cool. If
1: you want to follow the show on the socials, it's at Pod on Twitter slash X. Letterbox and Insta. You can follow Corey on Insta at Culprit97 and on Letterbox at Corey underscore Culp.
0: If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roll 33 on your Instagram or you can follow me at Frankie. Frankie! Frankenstein at Letterbox.com. That's Frankie. Frankenstein at Letterbox.com. Groovy ghoulies, baby. It's October! <laughs>